welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, episode 202, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast from Affable Idiots. I am Holden DePardo here with my special co-host. <laughs> Don't say her name, that's her name now. And we've got the dreamiest <laughs> fan base of all time joining us from all over the world right now. You can catch us on Twitch at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. But if you can't catch us live, unlike Porkchop, who's here with us right now, you can also catch us on YouTube and podcast services Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. But there's more. If you can't catch us in those times, which like you should be able to, you can also go to our website, <laughs> which is affableidiots.com. <laughs> where you can also sign up to be on the show if you really wanted to because that's right it's the year of the guest reprise is it reprise reprise it's reprise if you were going after the traditional musical theater reprise. term if you're an ignorant when you say reprise i i will say i said reprise for the longest time then i heard you say um reprise and i'm like it must be reprise it's okay Chad it's okay most of the musical theater community even also says reprise because they just don't know they are an ignorant well we are we are better than Broadway here, <laughs> goddammit. And we're better than Broadway because we're talking about the new PSVR announcements. We're talking about these PlayStation controllers, which are bananas. And also Comic-Con 2021 being delayed. But before we get to all that <clears> stuff, <throat> we have some Switch Pro rumors, Chad. Oh, shit. Which, by the way, Chad is Chad. He's not a laugh. I mean, he is a laugh. He's a hoot. I am a, a hoot. I am a hoot. But his name is also Chad. I am Chad. a hoot just like an owl. If you, if you did not sign up for the pre-show today... And by sign up, I mean log on early enough while we do a sound check. You missed some gems. <laughs> and if you were not holding during that, that intro video, and if you were not in my brain picturing him cracking his neck and his head falls <laughs> off, then you missed out. <laughs> holding, tell me about this Switch Pro. Rumor from Liam Doolin at Nintendo Life. Actually, it's from Bloomberg, but we'll get to that in a second. Nintendo Switch Pro will have exclusives, says Insider. But there's more to it. Earlier this week, Bloomberg reported that a new Switch will release before Christmas <gasps> and have a 720p 7-inch OLED screen and 4K output when outputted via the dock to a television. Another insider has also claimed that there will be exclusive games to the new device when it arrives, both from first-party Nintendo and third-party studios. The same source also said Nintendo will, quote, position it as a revision, a premium model, if you will. What does that last so sentence mean? kind of some information mean. I mean, because... Okay, I was going to ask you the same thing. Yeah, the, the I mean, the... Do they consider the NVIDIA chip upgrade from a couple years ago a revision as well? Or is that just like, hey, we're quite... No, because they, they made a big deal about it. And they're like, look for the red box. And that has a new processor and a better battery life in it. So that counted as a revision. Well, what's confusing to me is I feel like if they're saying, here's a premium model, it's like saying, here's an additional model. Right. But if you're saying a revision, it's like saying it's replacing what currently exists. So what is it? Is it a premium model or is it a revision? It just, I don't, I don't get that. Um, but that's what Someone this at insider Nintendo says. Is and he was on a reset era. No, he, well, the guy was in a recent era, so it's got to be fact. It has mm. to be fact. That's true. But I think we do. I think we can safely say that the seven-inch, seven-twenty-p, four-K output to the dock. I think all that sounds legitimate. Also, the source Bloomberg. <clears throat> I mean, it sounds more legitimate than it does than yeah. anything it's, else. But I guess, like, my question is: Is this enough? Do you think? Like, would you buy this? Does it sound appealing to you? This is a good re. If this is a good revision, this is not a hey. If you already own a Switch, you need to get this kind of thing, which is a little bit mm -hmm. like. We'll take that at face value. 
Good revision. 720p, 7-inch screen. So it's kind of like whenever you went from the DS to the 3D, or sorry, the 3DS to the 3DS XL, and it's the same quality, same, sorry, not same quality, same resolution screen, just blown up a little bit. So technically it'll look a little bit worse, but it's bigger. Um, probably has uh, smaller bezels, and then has OLED instead of LCD. Like that's, that's a good quality of life upgrade, a good revision. And then, of course, 4K, you would only notice whenever you're outputting it via the dock, according to these rumors, which, you know, seems pretty standard nowadays. Like 4K, even if you don't have 4K, you're wrong. That's it. So, yes, <laughs> this seems like enough to catch up to the times and be the new de facto standard switch. This is not enough to make it a pro version unless there are some significant upgrades that come along with it, like maybe even better battery life outside of the like five to seven of the newer models. It would need, uh, I think for me, it would need um, kind of what they're hinting at it, more than a revision, like having exclusive games and experiences like a better processor in order to uh, give me some features that I might find on more current gen systems. Probably not ray tracing. Unless you do it via the cloud, like Holden's favorite that games do. That would be do. hilarious. I mean, that's what Control does, right? <laughs> um, but no, I don't think this is enough for like a, a true quote-unquote Switch Pro model. This is just like, hey, this is what the Switch is now. It's this new version. Yeah, the whole Switch Pro thing always seems silly to me. Because it was it, it, Nintendo and Professional are just kind of odd things to throw next to each other, I think. Um, but yeah, I think this sounds very much like new Nintendo 3DS, but for the Switch instead. Yeah, like new a Nintendo very good 3DS, way <clears throat> Yeah, new Nintendo 3DS, it was a little bit more powerful. It um, had some exclusive games. Like, you could only get the SNES games um, ver via Virtual Console on the new 3DS. You could only get um, Xenoblade Chronicles um, 3D on that version of 3DS. You could um, only get Hyrule Warriors and Super Smash Bros. on the new... Oh, wait, you could get them on the old, but they ran like a frog. Like, you tried to play a frog. <laughs> yeah, they did not run very great. And even Pokemon, I think, didn't run as well. Um, it ran much better on the new 3DS. Like, I feel like it's going to be one of more of those things. I just can't imagine that Nintendo's going to say, hey, we got 80 million people to buy Nintendo Switches. Let's introduce a new model and just move on to that now. So they're going to have to support the old stuff. It's not really, it's just a mild touch-up to kind of stay competitive and to kind of get some third-party interest. But I am interested in what these third-party games are because that is different. That is not, that was not the case with the new 3DS XL. I mean, are we going to be seeing things like Red Dead Redemption 2? No. You want know to be like, <laughs> are we going to see something of that caliber? Like, oh, I, I'm not saying yes. I'm just kind of throwing it out there. It was like a hypothetical. Like, to what extent are we going to see third-party games? And I don't see, I don't see why... A huge game, like a huge, a huge AAA game, would want to come to this model specifically when most people already have the older version. It's not like they're tapping into that huge install base, right? And it's not even, especially if it's only going to be a minor or like a modest upgrade in certain ways. It's not like you have the the guarantee of like a piece of PS. Excuse me. Oh my god, I'm burping up some stuff. A PS5 or an Xbox Series X, where it's like it's it's the install base that pretty much everyone's going to migrate to. With this Switch one, it's like, mm -hmm. no, if this is a modest, uh, modest enough upgrade, most people are not going to upgrade to it ever in its lifetime. They'll probably wait for something even yeah. bigger to come around. So <clears throat> I think going out of your way to make something exclusive to this system without getting a big old paycheck from Nintendo to do it doesn't make any sense. And when you when we talk about the 3DS mm -hmm. library and the new 3DS, like you, you mentioned uh, less than five games. If you don't count the SNES thing, so I think we're going to see that same kind of first and third party support that we did there. And I think honestly, you won't. 
aside from the screen, you probably won't even be able to tell the Switch apart from the other ones. Because I imagine they want to keep the chassis exactly the same so that all the Joy-Cons still work with it. Uh, it'll just have mm-hmm. probably smaller bezels, and that's it. Probably the same shitty kickstand. Probably the same... <laughs> you know what? Give this Bluetooth audio, and it will become a Nintendo Switch Pro. <laughs> that's it that's all you need it doesn't need bluetooth audio that's it's ridiculous it doesn't have it i mean based on like if this is what we end up getting i don't think i'm going to get it because i like my new 3ds xl but it's not so much better than my 3ds before it that i felt like i was validated with my purchase other than the fact that it's this amazing majora's mask version which we'll talk about right. in a second um like i'm glad Do i got you it feel for like that the... reason but like not because it's like the better features of it right do you feel like the c stick was enough because I forgot that was an addition of the it, new 3DS was, as well, as a new input control. Yeah, but I, I don't really think it was used that much. Like, for example, in Majora's Mask, they use it, but not in Ocarina of Time. Yeah. So it really only benefits some games, but not others. This kind of goes back into that whole, what was really the benefit of getting the new 3DS XL. So like, it was a nice addition. It would have been better if it was just on the 3DS to begin with, but that's what happened. Yeah. Interesting little baby Nintendo rumors. Uh, did I call it or did I call it in our predictions last year and this year? <laughs> oh, we both called it. Yeah, we did. <laughs> I think we have the same prediction for this one. I just think people shouldn't get their hopes up and expect to Switch Pro. I think that the, the rumor of Switch Pro is going to increase people's expectations a little bit too high because it's just it doesn't seem like that's what it's going to be. But anyway. I think at anyway, most we'll it see... Matter sorry, what we last plan- thing I'll say about it. I think at, at most we'll see the same level of third-party support that we saw with the Wii U, where they're like, oh, remember this six-year-old Batman game? Well, now you can play it with new gauntlets <laughs> on Wii U. Remember this four-year-old yeah. Mass Effect game? Well, you can play it with lower settings on Wii U now. Like That's the kind of things that didn't exist on Switch mm-hmm. will now exist in some fashion that you don't care about. That's the most we'll see, I think. Yeah. Playing Assassin's Creed Unity on the Switch Pro is going to be awesome. <laughs> yep, can't wait. <laughs> anyway, that's what we'll be playing in the future. But what are we playing right now? Chad, tell us what you are playing right now. Ooh, hold in. In playtime. Um, I will tell you two quick things about VR, because as we'll talk about in a minute, there was a new PSVR announcement, and I got really into, like, oh, I'm going to go back and play everything that I've ever played and play some new shit. And there was a sale... That included uh, a few games. I picked up Pistol Whip VR, which is, if you are unfamiliar, it's an on-rails kind of light gun shooter almost. But the the aesthetic is kind of like a a neon super hot. So super hot is like these gray and white worlds with red enemies. But Pistol Whip is like bright neon pulsing. Um, pulsing is important because it's very much music driven. There's a, a house music underneath of it, or I don't know, whatever genre of the music mm, that you like. Yeah. I can't tell the difference between any of it as we've already heard on the Affable Idiots podcast. House. house but yeah, house music or techno music or whatever is playing throughout underneath and you're just like feeling it the whole time. And, and if you shoot things in rhythm, then you get more points for it as well. But at the same time, it also has the like your Neo from the Matrix vibe from super hot except it's happening in real time it doesn't slow down like super hot so you were just constantly just like fucking jumping up dunking down under obstacles moving your head through different pillars and and uh it was it's really fucking dope it's like beat saber and super hot meet together and have a love child highly recommend it it's like 16 bucks for the next few days um it's like 30 percent off or something like that 
Uh, loving it. Loving it a lot. And apparently in January, they released a campaign for it. I played the campaign. I didn't realize it was new. But the, there's like a five-level campaign with like a very thin storyline throughout and a boss battle at the end. And the fucking boss battle is one of the most intense things I've ever done in VR. It was so freaking cool. So uh, check that out. Pistol Whip VR. Boom, Shaka Khan. <clears throat> Boom. Then we also had a game night this week. Also in VR because you weren't going to be able to make it. So I was like, hey, this is a great opportunity for us to do something mm. in VR again. So we did Firewall Zero Hour, in, which is a, a PSVR game that went free last year. And, and we had a full a great squad experience. join. <laughs> <laughs> we had a full <laughs> squad of people. It ended up being uh, me, Joel, Matt, and Jeff. Jeff and Darby were going to swap out back and forth. And so we were excited to play it because we had a fun time last time we played it. Last time we played it, we, it was great. We were feeling good. We were playing some multiplayer. And with this one, we jumped online, and literally, there were literally zero people playing this game online. So we had no one to compete against. But we were like, oh, thank God, there's a, there's a version of the game that you can play with bots instead. But instead of being a traditional four-on-four, the whole game, by the way, is set up kind of like um, Rainbow Six, where a team is defending something, and a team is trying to get to it and hack it. Um, so that's the object of the game. But instead of being a traditional four-on-four with bots, it's four of you against endless waves of enemies. And so it's like, <laughs> protect this laptop for... Oh, that sounds kind of cool, minutes. actually. Yeah, it's well, it sounds like it might be cool, except for that we lost every single round. One, because we didn't quite understand, like, we were hacking the computer, and we weren't dying, we were shooting shit, but somehow still we lost. We were defending it. We had no idea why. But also the enemy AI obviously was a like last resort backup kind of idea in the game. And the, you're intended to actually fight against other people. And so the AI was had like two tricks. It was shoot you from afar while not moving and peeking out from behind shit. And also throw flashbang grenades nonstop. And in VR, that is very disorienting. So it's constantly flash. Oh my God, it's all white. Everything's blurry. Oh God, what's going on? Um, needless to say... As soon as that free-to-play wave went through Firewall Zero Hour, that game fell off. And I'm, I don't think I'll ever be revisiting again it again without at least eight players so we can all play against each other. Because you'll be the only people on the server. Yes. We, we literally were the only four people <laughs> playing that game. Speaking of server troubles. Oh, yeah. So next up, um, <laughs> Destiny 2. So if you if you know anything about Destiny 2 and you're kind of in with the, the hip news in the last few weeks there is a new glitch that allows people to have up to 12 people all together in raids or other types of activities like nightfall strikes and and things like that and it's a glitch where you know you get six people in orbit six people in orbit and then one person goes into the activity and right before it launches the other group tries to join on them and then if you're successful great and you have 12 people going in and so we decided None of us have done the last wish raid. And for a lot of us, that's like the last one we needed to do before we've done all of them. It was the last trophy I needed as well, aside from one small one I'll get in two weeks. And so we were really excited. Let's try this new thing and let's try it with a bunch of people. And so we got a bunch of people together. And then after a couple of people had to like bail last minute, we ended up with 10 people. And we did this raid that none of us had done before. Um, 
we did get into it and we were excited to do it. There's like a small limitation. You know, if you have that many people, you'll have to keep in mind at the end, you'll have to do something slightly different so that the game doesn't think there are 10 people in it. But going through this thing, I now understand why Bungie does not allow that many people in one activity at a time. Um, and that is because it is fucking chaos at times. It is. <laughs> First of all, the game's obviously not balanced for it. So there were there were times when you would go to try to shoot something or go to try to punch it. And before your punch animation would finish, someone else had already killed the thing. And you're just like, it, it's like we're wiping the floor with all of these people. But to also have that many people on headset at the same time, just trying to like manage and like get everyone together. All right, is everyone ready? And mm-hmm. we're all you know talking, yucking it up, talking about pizza and all that kind of shit and um, managing bathroom breaks and people peeing, all that kind of fun stuff. But it is when you need the precision communication of a raid, it gets frustrating. 10 people is way too many people, let alone 12 people, especially when you're doing an activity that you've never done before. And one of the 10 people, myself being that person, is the only person that knows what the fuck is going on and everyone else doesn't, but they have a lot of opinions about how we should be doing the thing they don't know how to do. Um, so I, I did not have the greatest of time going in, in through this thing. And I've also, I've, I feel better about it today, but getting off last night at like almost 2 AM, we spent like almost six hours on this thing, almost 2 AM after beating it. I was like, really, I was like kind of depressed. I was like, Oh, that was not a fun experience. I had a good time with the people, but it's just like, I've done, I think it's, here's, I'm going to back up just a bit. I think I don't like doing new activities that none of us have done before in an unprepared manner. And having 10 people unprepared mm-hmm. at the same time was my nightmare. I've done, you know, the on one end of it, you and I and a few people did the Leviathan raid together and we went in blind. Like, I don't know anything about this raid. What's going on? And we were like struggling in the middle of it, looking guides up on the fly as we were doing it. And then on the other side of it, I've done the Deep Stone Crypt where I said, all right, we are doing this raid in four weeks. Here's what we need. Here are the five encounters. You guys are assigned to be experts on this. You're assigned to be experts on this. Here's everyone's roles for every single encounter. Watch this video. Make sure you have this part memorized. And then, of course, we get there and like two and a half people have done their work. And we're like, oh, I'm going to admit I didn't do any. So I've hyper planned it. I've planned literally nothing. And I've done a little bit in between on some other ones. And I just don't like new content. (laughs) (laughs) I like doing the shit we're good at over and over and over. But when it comes to something new, unless we have six me's in there who all know what they're doing and have done their homework, I don't want to be a part of it anymore. And not Nintendo me's. (laughs) No, not Nintendo me's. Me, Chad, Michael, Linus me's. Or loud laugh noise me's. Um, I'm sure I'll feel differently as soon as the Vault of Glass comes out and I'll send everyone a YouTube video and no one will watch it and then people will be angry at me because I can't explain it better than a video could. Um, I just got, people got really pissy last night. This is just, this has just turned into me venting about last night's raid. Hey, people got really pissy last <laughs> night as the, they started to get tired and cranky and they're like, well, why didn't you tell us this was going to happen, Chad? Why did we spend all that time doing this? It was like, fuck you all. I'm the only one here that spent an hour watching the video. You could have done it too. You had the same access I did. And then at the end, they were like, thanks, Chad, for doing this. I was like, fuck all of you. I hate you all. And then today we all got back on and played, and it was great and fine. But This is recorded, um, you know. <laughs> this is recorded. This is recorded. And most of them listen to the podcast. Hey, I love you all. <laughs> I'm just cranky today. 
<laughs> Moral of the story is I have the feeling you're still going to play with them and you're still going to play Destiny going forward. Yep. Just a suspicion. And I'm still going to be the only one that preps for things <laughs> and I'm still going to be just as frustrated, but I'll get the trophies and that's what matters. Um, but yeah, moral of the story is 10 people, you wreck shit in the game, but man, that game is not built for it. And 10 people communicating yeah. all at once is is nightmare. Uh, last thing. Hashtag game design. <laughs> last thing. Majora's Mask 3D on my 3DS. Uh, one, we played this last month for Barf. Backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends. Mine's plugged in over there. I don't feel like fumbling off screen. Um, so we played that. We recorded a, an episode with, with Cozy uh, a couple days ago. That's up right now on YouTube. <laughs> spoilers for the discussion I didn't play it again in February I watched a speed run of it for five hours <laughs> and then I um, watched a retrospective about it and then I jumped into my 100% save and just like goofed around a little bit and after doing all of that I was like man this kind of makes me want to go play Ma Majora's Mask again <laughs> I was like that was the whole fucking point of last month That was you, you were supposed to do that last month um it sounds like we should so. start uh, Chad's Lullaby as a new segment of <laughs> <laughs> Oh, every episode's Chad's Lullaby. You're welcome. That's it. That's, that's what I play <laughs> this week. This is week. true. You do sing. You, you like to sing. That's the thing. Um, I played, speaking of barf, I played our next barf game, which is Final Fantasy IX. I've been playing it actually for about, about a week now, roughly a week. And uh, you'll hear those thoughts about that game at the end of April when because we have two months to beat that game. Yep. So if you want to join us, uh, you can do that and sign and blah. I was to say sign in, but that's not what I meant to say. What I meant to say is you can shoot us an email or a tweet or whatever and share your thoughts on it because we're playing that. I've already started. It's a long one, so I wanted to get a head start. Um, and then, uh, of course, I played Animal Crossing New Horizons, but I really haven't had much time to play games this week at all, so I uh, don't really have much to say in terms of playtime for, for now, did you, but uh, alas. Did you do the Mario stuff? I forget whether we had the Mario stuff by the last time we did a podcast together. Um, I have purchased Mario items. I have not opened up my Switch to retrieve them, but I got warp pipes. And, oh, actually, okay, here's a note. So the... Um, I saw this as a headline, but like you can apparently take the floating brick blocks and like put things on top of them as well. And I'm kind of wondering, could I place those in the world and use them as a bridge? Because I have an idea of what I could do if you can do that. I don't know. It's just like a thought I had, but I want to try that out and see how that works. If so, um, Holden's 4.0 iteration of his island is going to be pretty awesome. And yes, I just referred to myself like <laughs> a in the third person, which is totally cringy and awful but i did it i did it it happened you can't undo it this is recorded it just did happen <laughs> that's true are you gonna are Speaking you thinking like bridge over log. troubled water or like bridge between two parts of your island because i doubt that you'd be able to put yeah. them over water right well yeah so i'm thinking over water might be difficult but like i'll give an example of why it might be useful so um and again, this is all hypothetical it my guess is it probably doesn't work but i'm going to try it anyway just to see if it does um you have a limited number of stairs that you can put on your island. And so I'm thinking, I have these two sections of my island that are elevated. Wouldn't it be great if I can get rid of the stairs to get up to one of them and just have a brick bridge that leads to the second area? That would kind of free me up to, to experiment with some other stuff. So that's kind of the, the plan for, for right now. Dope. But tune in next week to find out if it worked or not. 
or like if someone posts an article about it, which will probably, if it is possible, will happen before we record <laughs> next week. <laughs> anyway, tune in next week. Um, moving on to request log, we have some stories. <laughs> really, nothing happened this week. <laughs> this is like the most boring <laughs> request log I think we've ever done. But stay tuned because we we're talking about everything announced for PSVR. According to Matt Perslow at IGN, there were a few kind of PSVR games announced. We had Doom 3 VR Edition, Hell yeah. Song in the Smoke, Fract, I Expect You to Die, The Spy and the Liar, Zenith, and After the Fall. Chad, you're the big VR person. I am. What did you think of these announcements? Um, I am assuming from your phrasing there that you're calling me fat and that I am a person that is not real or worth anything, that I am just a VR person. Um, that is 100% what I meant. One, we all know that you are severely <laughs> obese. <laughs> one, I am very excited about this whole event. Like, it was a whole day of Sony just said, hey, we've got six announcements, six games we're going to show off today uh, over time on the PlayStation blog. I was like, cool. They had the article last week saying VR2 is coming. Here's some ideas about what it might be. And now they're like, VR is still a part of our plan. Here are six really cool and honestly, all six of these are games that interest me in some way or another. None of them are, I feel like, were throwaway games. The biggest one, obviously, I think, is what they started with, and that's Doom 3 VR Edition. And this is not like a Doom experience. This is the game Doom 3 completely in VR, which if you're unfamiliar, Doom 3 is where it got spooky. It's a spooky game as opposed to like mm. the action game of the regular Doom franchise. So I remember screaming my ass off as a little baby child, playing this on pc i'm prepared to shit everywhere during this in vr and i'm going to i'm going to get it i'm going to play it, it comes out at the end of the month i'm pumped and you can play it with the aim controller uh, so that's cool too give me another reason to bring that out song in the smoke looks like a really cool it's a survival game but it looks like a really cool aesthetic and there's like the spirit lion and shit that apparently is coming up and maybe is mysterious and shit like that but uh, it looked really, really cool until I found out it was a survival game. And I'm like, mm, not interested. No Man's Sky? No, thank you, Sky. Um, Fracked. Pretty cool game about you know fracking and escaping, being a little action hero. I don't know. I didn't really look too much into this one. But uh, it could be another cool one to get. I expect you to die too. This is a, a follow-up on yes. maybe one of PSVR's best early games. Um, you are Absolutely, it's like a yeah. James Bond type uh, cheeky uh you're in a escape room type thing whether it's a car or a room or taped to a chair or um and you have to put together clues and figure out how to get out of the situation in a time in a certain amount of time so that's a really cool announcement i can't wait to play that this one i think is maybe the second biggest zenith zenith is an mmo that's coming and it's a like a, a long ass rpg mmo that you can play online with friends and from the trailer, it didn't it didn't look like it was gonna super blow you away. But as with anything in VR, like what looks kind of mundane and, and run of the mill, whenever you actually are immersed in that world in 3D and VR, it's it's completely mind blowing. So I'm excited to see how well this does. It looks like it's also coming to Steam and Oculus as well. So hopefully it has like crossplay with a big enough base. But that looks that looks fun. Being able to play some kind of fantasy MMO with space and air, not space, but airships and flying and monsters and all that kind of shit with your friends could be cool. 
And then finally, yeah, I sorry, yeah, go express your opinion. No, just like I, th- I think with Zenith and being an MMO, I'm really curious how that works because if there's like an internet connection issue with people you're playing with and that starts to get laggy, I'm very curious how they handle that in a VR setting because I can't imagine like characters jumping around is going to, it's going to make you nauseous, I would imagine. I assume the world and the and the enemies maybe in their AI would be like running locally. So even if other players are having trouble connecting that's like, what i'm referring to yeah gotcha, yeah so maybe like your your teammates might drop in and out or maybe they might get laggy but the world itself would still be smooth i think that'll be being fine uh but then we have after the fall which is a kind of frozen wasteland zombie shooter this is uh the previous game that they had done was arizona sunshine which is kind of another zombie game uh for vr and it got uh, really good reviews but this one it's a four-player co-op zombie shooter game as well. And it kind of gives me like Back for Blood, Left for Dead light vibes. So to have that kind of zombie shooter, like wave base, just nonstop shit coming at you with four players in VR, sounds like that can be really fucking cool as well. So overall, mm-hmm. I think it was a really great day of announcements. It's a great way to revive, you know, get buzz going around VR in general as well. So happy that happened. Yeah, none of the announcements seemed uh, like filler or bad at all. They seemed like they were all pretty good games in their own right. Um, Doom 3 VR, that just sounds like it'd be awesome. But as you were kind of calling out earlier, I expected you to die too. That was my favorite, one of my favorite experiences I played on your VR headset when we were back in Chicago together. That was that was awesome. So it's cool to see that's coming back. Whenever v- PSVR 2 comes out and I get that, I will probably be getting both of those games because it's just it's a great example of how to use it's all spatial puzzles and that just works well in a VR setting It's just kind of utilizing a 3d space to your advantage. So that's cool. Um, all, all good announcements. So cool. The next game by PlayStation London studio has huge potential says Zermana Khan at PlayStation lifestyle. So this is the full quote from studio head Tara Saunders. Um, there's more to the quote, but this is the kind of the part that's in, um, Uh, It's appropriate for the context. Our next project has huge, in all uppercase letters, huge potential, and we want to leverage that to the max by empowering the team to thrive and deliver a top-quality game. So this is kind of generating some uh, interest, but it is worth noting that uh, previously London Studios has made mostly party games and PSVR games, such as Blood and Truth, SingStar Celebration, uh, PlayStation VR Worlds, and everyone's favorite Wonder Book, the greatest PlayStation game maybe ever made. Um, I mean, that's a a pretty good track record honestly like it is sing star yeah. for well, what it is uh, people like it but also via playstation vr worlds was like one of their their london heist thing that they did uh for that like it's basically a tech demo was the talk of most conventions or demos whenever people would would play it at places and then blood and truth was like the full realization of that and uh that got really good reviews it's obviously one of psvr's best titles uh, that's another one that I got really excited to bust out my aim controller and play as well because, you know, I got an hour into that one and I ran into a game-breaking bug and I had to restart it and I just never got back around to it. So I'm excited to go back and play that in anticipation for whatever this huge potential is. I feel like it's probably something for PSVR 2. Yeah. Like if any studio somebody's going to have to work on PSVR 2 games for launch, I'd imagine it's them. It seems like in the past few years that has been their their primary. And you've talked about huge potential. What's bigger than a new VR headset that will probably have more advanced technology than other headsets out there? 
considering it's working with the power of super sexy drive, the SSD on the <laughs> PS5. Um, so yeah, cool. To, I'm interested to see what happens there. But Chad, this next story is bananas. Literally is about bananas. Sony Patent's method for using bananas as PlayStation controllers is our Manicon at PlayStation Lifestyle. So this is more than just bananas, though. Their intent is to create a... It's a patent that basically um, talks about scanning real-world objects that are inexpensive, simple, and non-electronic devices, as the patent puts it, and you can use them as a video game peripheral or a controller. Um, the object just can't give off any sort of light, so basically you just kind of take an object, scan it, and then you can use it as a controller. And in the patent, they say the controllers, in quotes, um, could be used to have friends join a multiplayer game so if you don't have like a playstation uh, dual sense controller to play Sackboy or something like that with it sounds like this might be used um for that second player experience yeah it's, really interesting patent it's uh, bizarre what's interesting is that they say inexpensive simple non-electric devices like it sounds like they're like oh you don't have a second controller maybe you can't afford a second controller or you don't have one right now we'll pick up a banana or pick up a sock or pick up a dog bone and play with that instead but what what i think is contrary to that is that you obviously have to work with some kind of augmented reality device in order to scan it in and constantly monitor your input <laughs> with it like yeah. there's got to be a camera a lidar system there's got to be uh in, like a, a very powerful CPU tracking all of that kind of information and or your inputs and, but it, it, yeah, it, I, don't I don't think, think it's a PlayStation gonna be as camera could do that. Right, exactly. PlayStation camera cannot do that for sure, but it's probably I don't know some kind of Sony glasses that you put on. Or honestly, we're probably never even going to see this in real life, but they're just patenting yeah, the I ability to. But it's I, I assume if it ever did come to, talk to about it, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It wouldn't be anything as complex as a DualSense controller, but it would probably be like a couple of buttons, like touch the right side of the banana and it will do an action, touch the left side. Imagine playing Until Dawn or something that you have to make decisions. Yeah. And all right, I'll tap the left side of the banana to say we're going to run to the left or the right side of the banana to say we're going to stay and fight. So those kinds of things, I think, are, are what it's going to be monitoring for. Yeah, I think it's gonna be simple things like that. Like you're doing a racing game and you can steer the banana left and right to like, sure, go, like things yeah. like that. Um, here's crazy out there. Some things in the patent don't even suggest this. I'm just kind of like, well, maybe. Um, what if it has something to do with VR? This is totally just my own speculation. This is not based on anything that's actually in the patent, by the way. But like, what if it's something to do with VR? If a VR has uh, in-headset tracking, those could be the cameras that track the object. They'd have a good view of what your hands are doing on that object. And what if it's something like in the game, it knows that this banana is on the table and it's going to make that banana representative of an object in the VR world. And then you can pick it up and interact with it as if it were a controller, but it's really utilizing real world objects in the room with you. I think that would be possible with in headset tracking, but the patent talks more about like second player experiences right. and things like that. It doesn't mention anything about VR, but I do think that could be a very interesting application for VR. Or think about this. It doesn't have to be a banana. It could be your hands and it can, mm -hmm. you can assign actions to maybe each finger. So I'll put a different button on each finger. If you want to customize, yeah. Hey, if I put my hand out and I pinch my pointer and thumb together, that'll shoot a fireball. If I do the middle one that opens up my inventory mm -hmm. so you can completely customize the experience by assigning actions or buttons to your fingers, to your palms. If you do Spider-Man hands and you want to shoot webs, mm -hmm. fuck. Okay, that could be cool. And that's 
And that's 100% possible. The Oculus headsets, like even the Quest, already can detect individual finger movement. So it's not like this is even something that's not... It's right. already been done, technically. But it sounds like um, they so would have to, like... It's 100% possible. They, for Oculus, the way they're doing it is that they are recognizing, probably through machine learning, different gestures that your fingers are making and hands, and then doing something based on those gestures. Whereas with PlayStation, you could literally, like, line your hand with different buttons and just push a different part of it, and it does a different thing. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, like... Like the whole hand phone thing, like you're dialing in yeah, and like you could hitting make parts, your like hand hitting a phone your palm does one and thing. assign apps to different areas of your hand, or you could do all sorts of different things, and it would just it would anchor those with augmented reality somewhere on your body. Yeah, it'd be cool. I mean, I mean, I, I think you kind of called it like this. Probably nothing's going to come of this patent. Like they companies will patent anything just to say they have the patent, and so they can sue someone later on for using a patent they didn't end up using. Uh, very, very common. <laughs> um, yep. But um, yeah, it's it's cool what they could do with it. A lot of potential there. I have no segue into this next one, but third-party quest log, Comic-Con 2021 has has been canceled, says Luke Plunkett at Kotaku. Um, the in-person event will return in 2022, but in the meantime, there's going to be a smaller-scale Comic-Con at home that will take place uh, of the main event. This is surprise, surprise, because of COVID. Um, they're concerned there's not going to be enough vaccinations um, to hold the event of that size in July. Um I think this is just to me like this is to serve the story at this point, but I feel like this is just a sign that this year is probably going to look exactly the same in terms of video game events and what we should expect from video game events of this year. How pumped does that make you, Jed? <laughs> no, I agree. This is if there is anything thinking that is still going to go on. Like I think PAX is still technically planning for a possible in-person event by by August. If you have any ideas or thoughts that that's going to happen, you should definitely read the tea leaves and say, no, this year is, is going to be different. Because even if we do, let's say that we do roll out vaccines in a way that like a good enough majority of people, first of all, get the vaccine, everyone, like when it becomes available for you, get the vaccine. Second of all, if we get a large enough mass of people in the U.S. to do it, these events are international. Like, there are people from all over the world coming to this. We don't know the state mm -hmm. of everyone's vaccination efforts across the globe. And even when we do, we don't have a universal, like, passport system to for vaccination records to show, hey, yes, I am vaccinated. Therefore, I can be able to come in here. Like, th there are companies working on what that might look like, but we don't have a, a universal vaccine rollout plan for the entire globe and how we'll manage that and how we'll know who is and who isn't vaccinated and how you can get into things like this. So it's going to be a while before we not only get enough people safely vaccinated or exposed to the, the virus before we can hold these kinds of events again, but also just the logistics of it all are a nightmare mm -hmm. while, because we, we'd be building the bridge while we're trying to cross it at the same time. Um, yeah. Which I'm sure is what a lot of people want to do. And they're like, Oh yeah. And when we fucking fall off the end of it, then we'll think about how we build the rest of the bridge. But uh, no, you're <laughs> nothing's going to happen in person uh, for quite a long time probably 2022 at the it earth. turns out the bridge wasn't actually finished we have two more miles left who would have thunk it oh my god it's a yeah, long ass bridge two miles so <laughs> hey there are bridges that are that long yeah. um i drove one in florida it was crazy it wasn't like a bridge it was like an elevated road but i mean come on what's a bridge other than an <laughs> elevated road uh, moving on to the fetch quest. So many stories. So many stories this week. Yeah, we're, what, 40 minutes <laughs> um, of this episode? We're almost done. Yeah, this is probably going to be your shortest episode ever of, like, main episodes. Um, first fetch quest, Epic Games has acquired Fall Guys developers Mediatonic. 
says Adam Bankhurst at IGN. Immediatonic, they made uh, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, which Epic says will still be available on all platforms. And Epic wants to bring the features of Fortnite and Rocket League to Fall Guys. So probably expect I, a battle I'd imagine pass. it means skins of popular characters. Yeah. A battle pass, yeah. Yeah, Fall Guys has already started to dip a little bit into that like popular pop culture skins and stuff like that. But yeah, you'll probably see a battle pass. So it'll probably be free to play everywhere. Mm-hmm. Which it's not right now, I guess, on PC, isn't Fun. it? And it's not technically on PS4 unless you claimed it with PS Plus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. It's like twenty dollars or something like that on, on PS4. Yeah, I, I imagine think. it will go free to play then instead, though. <clears throat> Borderlands movie cast Ariana or yeah Ariana Greenblatt as the explosive Tiny Tina. Says Chris Moyes at a Destructoid. She's also played young Gamora in Avengers: Infinity War. Um, and whether or not she'll be green in Borderlands is unconfirmed, but I'm, I'm going to say probably not. She won't be green. Uh, Chad, you Actually, like Borderlands. Tina, Tiny Tina is also your favorite character. So Tiny Tina is my favorite character, um, but I have no idea who, I mean, outside of young Gamora, I was like, oh yeah, I guess I know what that girl looks like, but I've, I've never seen her in anything else. So could be good, could be bad. The rest of the cast so far is shaping up to be a fucking bonkers cast. So I, I'm excited for it. I assume they're making another great decision here with with her but tiny tina she needs to be like be lit. she needs to be fucking batshit crazy <laughs> blowing up it's a big role things too. with teddy bears and yeah it's a, it's a pretty significant role speaking of big gta 5 on ps5 and xbox series x won't be a quote simple port says take two ceo and that is according to an ign article from jordan oleman so this holds true not just for GTA 5, but any port that Rockstar does. They basically they want to invest in the technology and make it worthy of the platform they're porting it to. Um, the next-gen version of GTA 5 is scheduled for the second half of 2021 and will be a free upgrade if you already own the game. I'm going to wait until this comes out. I'm excited to see what they do with it. I loved the first half of it, um, and I'm just I'm going to wait. Why not? Why not at this point if it's free? Yeah. So I assume this that. means that, like, Faster load times, maybe slightly increased graphics, haptics on PS5, maybe. What mm-hmm. else could that mean, though? I mean, when they came to PS4, yeah, they so added like they... first-person mode, too, didn't they? And then a little bit better yeah, graphics yeah. to it. I'll say, in the case of GTA 5, I think that the uh, solid drive actually will add quite a bit. Because part of the game is moving between three different characters, and it will kind of pan out the map and then swerve over the city to the other person and then zoom into them. I think processes like that will just be super smooth. So they definitely will benefit in that game for sure. Naughty Dog is working on several cool things, but fans will have to wait for more info, says Romanicon at PlayStation Lifestyle. Actually, Neil Druckmann said that in a tweet, and that shouldn't be a surprise to anybody right but i'm just excited that they're working on stuff surprise so. the Yay. most celebrated studio in the fucking world is still working on things and you don't know what they are like <laughs> this headline i literally read it i'm like what the fuck like this is oh more news is coming later don't read this article because it's worthless i hate it it's like when, like, whenever a new console is released, and you'll see the headline. It's like Sony's already working on PlayStation Six. It's like, yeah, of course they are. They get started <laughs> on that stuff immediately. It's like they tell the engineering team, "Hey, just take like three years off, and we'll reconvene in a while." <laughs> they immediately start working on the next projects. 
Um, Among Us update adds new quick chat tool, which makes the game easier and faster to play, says Liam Doolin at Nintendo Life. Thank God. I think this is probably my biggest complaint with that game is having to type out things. And now yeah. they have this nice little wheel where you're like accuse someone or like interrogate and you can kind of just jump and choose something kind of quick to start things off with. Great idea. That's going to make that game, I think, much more enjoyable to play. In lieu of having voice chat, this is kind of like the next best thing. In lieu, Al. So. So those are all the news stories this week. That's exciting, it. That's riveting all of week it. In news. But we have an exciting, riveting game on game Chad. show. The game on a game show called Game on a game show on a gaming show. Game, 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 game. Holden, do you know what this Wednesday is? Wednesday? Oh, it's Mario Day. It's Mario Day. Yes, it is. But guess what? Today's not Mario Day. Today's Sunday. It is mm-hmm. March 7th, not March 10th, M-A-R-1-0. Uh, so today, we are playing like it's Bowser Day. And we have a very special round of, <laughs> now flesh it out, now flesh it out where we imagine Bowser and how he might integrate with a bunch of different games. If you are unfamiliar, Bowser, a.k.a. King Koopa, uh, he is the big baddie in almost every single Mario game, except for where he is a playable character as a good guy in Super Mario RPG. It's the only time that he's ever been a good guy in a a video game. Um, So we have five different video games that we think, all right, how might Bowser or the Koopalings or, you know, the the baddies of Mario integrate with these five games? The first one on our list is Shadow of the Colossus. (laughs) Bowser crossed with Shadow of the Colossus. Now, to be clear, Bowser has to be the hero of this, so it can't be... He doesn't necessarily have the to be the hero, hero, but it has to be it has to be Bowser involved somehow. It's not necessarily a Mario okay. crossover, okay. but it is a Bowser crossover. Gotcha. Okay. So Shadow of the Colossus. Mm-hmm. First thing that jumps to mind is rather than having the sixteen Colossi, you just have a bunch of the like Koopaling like villains you get in a Mario uh, like castle boss battle, and they're just stomping around, and you have to basically just climb up them and then do a ground pound on their head, and that's the whole. That's that's it. That's how you beat them all. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to do it three times, <laughs> just scaling them. I like that. I like that. So I that was my initial thought too. Was like. Oh, what if Bowser was a colossus? How do you climb up his body? How do you scale him? But then I thought about um, there's a level in Super Mario Land 2 on Game Boy, the six golden coins, and there's an entire land that takes place in an enormous skyscraper-sized robot Mario. And so you're climbing Ooh. up Mario from like his boots, and you eventually make your way up to his hat. And I was like, what if what if you could go that? Like it is giant kaiju version but maybe mechanical or like um gundams of mario and luigi and peach and like all of the traditional mushroom kingdom people and you are bowser and you're just like destroying getting to the heart of each one of them and destroying it somehow to detonate the robot or like deactivate it before it takes over your land or something i think that could be cool that would be cool and like you basically go inside of each one as it's like big platforming challenge yep inside of that creature that's cool i like that idea Mm, All right, next one is Bowser crossed with Watch Dogs. (laughs) Bowser doesn't know how to use a phone and it's just a boring open world game. (laughs) (laughs) So it's the same game, just a boring open world game. JK, I've never played any Watch Dogs. (laughs) Neither have I. 
I can imagine though Bowser's just like, oh, oh, oh. he just fucking breaks it and, <laughs> and just lights everything on fire. I just um, think like the demo could... where the main character in Watch Dogs is like running down an alley to catch up to someone else and like tackle him down or something like that. But Bowser's so big he can't even fit in the alley and it's just a struggle. He can't really get around the city very well and he just gives up. <laughs> That's the game. Uh, I thought of a version where like Bowser could be your your main character and you know like in Watch Dogs Legion how you have control over a bunch of different hackers and shit like that. If like mm-hmm. each of your different Koopalings not not Koopa what are the are they called the Koopalings like the seven not kids but minions now they were originally his kids but now they're his minions yeah I think they're called the Koopalings I know what you yeah, mean so yeah so each one of them mean. could have like like Iggy and, and Morton and they could each have their own different skills and you have to like choose which ones you want to infiltrate each different type of scenario and you send them in and control them and shit like that I think that could be cool that could be cool yeah Bowser and the Witness, Holden. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same game. Um, But instead of drawing the line everywhere, you just have to like like use your flamethrower and like scorch all the puzzles. And there's no puzzles. You just scorch everything. (laughs) And then you eventually win. (laughs) You just destroy the whole island. It's the opposite. This matches up with that. Well, if you burn them both, you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> I'm okay with that because that game sucks. It does not suck. It's just great and it's not for you. It is inaccessible fine. to me because it is game. a puzzle game. And I do not have the patience. It's a for very puzzle good puzzle games. game. Uh two more to go. The first one is Alien Isolation. Bowser Cross with Alien Isolation. I mean, that'd actually be kind of cool. You're just, like, running away from Bowser, who's kind of stalking you throughout the space station. Oh, so Bowser as the alien. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. He would have to look like, though, Bowser's Fury version, where he's really menacing looking. Okay, like... But obviously small enough that he still fits inside the space station. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what's the? There's like, is there, is Dark Bowser a thing? There's like, there's a version of Bowser with like big red eyes and he's like black instead of green. And is that the Bowser's Fury version? I think I that's know. the that that's Bowser's Fury version. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That would have to be spooky, and of course, it would have to be a family friendly airship instead of like the traditional. Yes. And he just tickles you when he finds you. He doesn't actually kill you. That's that's <laughs> the, that's the the obstacle. <laughs> Last one, Holden. Bowser and Sekiro. Ooh. Hmm. Okay. It's tough because like the sword combat's so important to that game. But there is one battle where you fight a giant ape. And if Bowser was that boss, that would be kind of badass. And I don't should I ruin it? I've already ruined You've it, already I think, ruined actually, it the podcast before. Podcasts. Yeah. Okay, you know what I'm about to talk about. The second right? the, one. You cut off his head and there's a okay. second one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you basically you cut out the end of the boss battle, you cut off the ape's head, and then it picks up the sword you used to cut off its head and then picks up its own head with its other hand and is holding its head up to look at you so it can fight you with its sword. Seeing that, but with Bowser, 
would be like, holy shit, Nintendo got fucked. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. I and would... it could shoot fire out of the head. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see, you know, Bowser in so many different Mario games, you fight him every, at the end of every single world and in many different ways. Um, so I would love to see him as like all the bosses of Sekiro. And like every single one, he has some different gimmick or some different weapon or some different something and you're just fighting a bunch of different bowsers mm-hmm. or maybe it's, it's the same one with different shit or maybe it's like he's cloned himself and each of them are slightly different did you know that in the original mm. super mario bros when you get to bowser the only actual bowser is the final one and the rest of them are all imposters oh i did not know that so you actually are the killing them and throwing them into lava. He doesn't survive that. Those are the imposters that you're killing. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. And to stick with the traditional Mario theme, you have all of Mario's arsenal from like all the different games. So you have uh, Yoshi's there if you have him by the time you get to that battle. Or you have the spraying machine from Sunshine. You have the star bits from Galaxy, you have the hat. You have, like you can have all of Mario's arsenal as like different weapons or tricks and things like that that you could use. Yeah, it would work because there's the prosthetic arm in Sekiro and they all kind of combine into that. So you have the fire flower through there. You have... Yeah, there you I go. I guess all of them would work. Like Tanuki suit wouldn't work through that. But like for most power-ups, it would work. Like ice blocks and Yoshi's tongue would just like shoot out of the arm. Yeah. Boom, awesome. fan. Nailed it, made it, great. That's it for Game on Game Show, and that is it. <laughs> we are under an hour on episode 202 yeah. of Respawn Aim Fire. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Remember, you have some homework. Go check out the Majora's Mask review uh, or barf episode with Cozy that just came out last week. Um, and by that, I mean it came out today because I forgot to post it last week. Um, check out Final Fantasy IX for the next two months. That's our barf game. Backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends for the next two months, March and April. If you would like to um, play that game alongside us and talk about it with us, let us know. And in fact, if you want to be on the show, you can do that by going to affabilities.com. Not only can you view links to all of our content as well as links to all of our friends' content who have been on the show, but you can also sign up to be a guest yourself because we would love to meet more of you. You're the guest to reprise. Let's go. And then finally, if you just want to support us from afar and give us your love, you can do that on patreon.com slash fire. Every tier is just a dollar, and it all includes the same thing because it's one tier. You get to vote on what we play for Barf every month. You get to uh, play with us on game nights, and then you also get some dope wallpapers themed for all of your shit every single month. That's it, everyone. That's the tweet. Yeah. And until That's next it. time... Oh, man, I thought I was going to fart, but I might poop. Here's our usual sign-off. That I'm going to use that. I'm going to retroactively say that was our sign-off. <laughs>